It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. doing that thing where I look at myself in the little window on FaceTime, which of course everybody has been talking about this past year. We're doing all these Zooms and FaceTimes, and Mm. when you're doing them, you find yourself looking at your own face. And Mm. it must be the light, because I'm I'm almost convinced that I saw cheekbones, or at least one. (laughs) The angular cheekbone yeah. glaring at you. Yeah. Mm. Thought it looked like David, you must get your lighting well. David Bowie is the uh, thin white duke. Very much so. wonder if the moustache is helping. Maybe. Maybe it's created this perfect angle on your face that your face has been crying out for. What was it you put on your... F- a pipe. You put a pipe on... You put a pipe in your mouth once and it was like there was always a missing jigsaw piece of your face yes. and it had finally been put back in. Yes. I was like... It belongs there. And yeah. then I thought to myself, should I start smoking a pipe? And and almost immediately after I had that thought, they brought in the smoking ban. Uh, uh, I wasn't meant to be. No. Although when I think of myself smoking a pipe, it, it would be on a trawler. I don't know if it'd be on land. Mm-hmm. Fits better on a trawler, certainly. Yeah. I am... Um, mm. I saw my friend for the first time in ages because of the change in the rules. I saw my friend on Saturday and she was waiting for me in her front yard I'd been out to the park with my son and when I took my mask off I could just see the horror in her face straight away and I would say for the first 45 minutes of talking to her she could not deal with the fact that I didn't have a beard and I just had the moustache I haven't seen you, apart from on FaceTime, since you've changed the facial hair situation. But you are seeing it all the time, though. You, this won't come as a big surprise to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not getting a great view. I'm wondering if in the flesh it's going to be more of a, a shot. Oh, see, going up close. Yeah, that, it is quite startling up close. Hmm. So, so did she mention it? I said, I, said to her, I said, Susie, I know you well enough to know that you can't focus on what I'm saying because you don't like my moustache. And then she starts saying, no, no, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I could tell that it was such a distraction to her that the, the interaction was going poorly. So what, did you have to go and put a mask back on to cover yourself up again? Well, I did find myself almost like I was oh. voguing. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was covering my face with my hand. <laughs> oh. Um. Anyway, so yeah, the the face is distracting. Gene sometimes steals my phone, but he doesn't know how to unlock it, so I won't tell him the code. But the one thing you can do is access the camera, and he ends up taking all these shots from a weird angle. Like he'll take dozens of photographs in very rapid succession without me knowing and then sometime later i'll pick up my phone and be looking through the camera roll and think what's that and the other day i was doing exactly that and i see these pictures of an old man in our kitchen and i think what what's going on who's who's that and then two seconds later i realize it's me no yeah. old man i do oh. I think that I look like I can't remember which BBC correspondent it was that used to do a lot from the Middle East. But grey hair, grey moustache, that's what I look like. If you're imagining Des Desmond Lynham, I don't look that suave. Okay. But less suave than Desmond. Okay. Do you right. think it's sinister this moustache? Well, I, I, this. And it's only when you go really close to the camera they get a proper look. No, I, I don't think it's innocent. I like how it's, I like how you've not gone Tom Selleck. It, it, it sort of goes down longer, like down towards the chin. It's quite a long moustache. But it's not full on Sergeant Pepper either, is it? No, no, it's, yeah, somewhere in between. Mm. No, I'm not, I wouldn't use the word sinister, no. I could, I just know you well enough to know that I could get a swastika tattooed on my forehead and you wouldn't say anything negative about it because it's just not in your nature. I probably would have a few words to say about swastika. I don't know. I think you'd say something. You certainly wouldn't praise it. You might say something like, oh, is that a swastika? And then hope that I would... Hope that I would be able to... to read negativity into that but mm. i think it's not in your nature to be be critical i think i would try to find i'd say something like <laughs> i have read somewhere that that's sim that's something that's sim that symbol or something similar it's got a different connotation in in one particular culture yeah. i can't remember which one it's 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 not it's it's been ascribed different meaning to its original hindu yeah you might say something like that yeah yes, yeah yeah yes. yeah Hmm. But you uh, you very much mince your words, I think, don't you? Mince them. Yeah. Like a bit of mince my yes, words. Yes, yeah. very much so. Hey, you've not been well. Yes, I was a bit poorly, but it wasn't COVID. Do you think that's weird that you have to, whenever you're poorly now, you have to explain to people mm. that it's not COVID? It's the first thing you have to say. I've been a bit ill, not COVID. But even if you're not seeing them, so it's not, you're in your house, I'm in mine. It, it wouldn't matter in a certain way whether it's COVID or not, but you still feel the need to explain to me. It's not mm. the vid. It's mm, not yeah. Rona. I think you don't want people to worry about you. So you don't have to worry. It's, not, it's nothing serious. Well, you didn't say that. You just said it's not COVID. I thought, well, it could be more serious. It could be less serious. I didn't... <laughs> true. Was, yeah, true. There was no indication. <laughs> mm. So... What have you had then? What's up with you? Uh, I don't know, really. It was like a sore throat and general unwellness. Oh, like I had last week, some kind of lurgy. Yeah, yeah a lurgy. It was a lurgy, yeah. What's your uh, What's your painkiller regime? Um, well, I'm a, a Nurofen girl, mm -hmm. ibuprofen girl. Oh. And Do you go plus oh, or regular? Just regular, just regular. Amateur. And I try not to Amateur take... <laughs> I try not to take too much. I take them. I take the bare minimum... 
but I've been doing a lot of gargling with salt water. I, what is it? Sarah's the same. She tries not to take too many painkillers. I'm not it's saying not you should you. take an overdose, but whatever <laughs> you're allowed to take, you should at least take that all the time. Mm, yeah, I, would, I take what I need. No, what but I need, why, why nothing wouldn't more. you just take... I, I look, what is the maximum that I'm allowed to take? That's what I'm mm. going to take and make sure that I'm at that level constantly while I'm ill. Why so would you let it... bedtime yes. and you've got... In your allowance, you've got two left for the day. Yeah. But do you feel you actually don't feel that bad? Do you take two just in case you feel poorly in the night, just a precautionary yeah. two? Yeah. Right. Don't want it to drop beneath a certain level. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who I... I don't know. you know who I strongly relate to? Mm, go on. Steve Arnott. Steve Arnott. I'm, I'm missing that reference. Oh, it's Line of Duty. Are you not watch, <laughs> Duty? You're not watching it? I'm, I'm, I haven't started this season yet, oh. series. Oh, okay. No, I'm, I'm behind. Okay. I will be watching it. Don't get me wrong, I'm no fool, but I'm very behind. There's something going on with him and over-the-counter medication. Uh, okay, okay. I think he might be... Uh... I think you might be taking more than the recommended dose. Writing, 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 ho. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Hey, let me, um, let me tell you something. I was talking to a young person the other day on the phone, a friend of mine. Somebody, say young person, I mean somebody in their early 30s. Right. The goalposts. I wasn't thinking 16. Goalposts really shift, don't they? Yeah. As you age. And she had a real go at me about my refusal to be on WhatsApp. Yeah, I mean, if I wasn't such a mincer of words, I'd probably have a go at you too. But what is the problem with it? This is what I don't well, understand. What, what, Sarah what did she said, say was the problem? Well, I'm going to tell you what Sarah says. Sarah says, mm. people hate it and it's what people are talking about behind your back. I said, like who? Is that what she said? Yeah, and I said, like who? And she says, well, I haven't heard anyone say it, but I'm sure they will be. Let me tell you, if I had someone to say it to, I'd be saying it. What is the problem though? What did your friend say was a problem? Well, what my friend said was iMessage, which is what I use, mm. which I've always used. It's it's text messages and if, if the other person's got an iPhone, they go through as blue, just like over the internet, just like a, a WhatsApp. Mm. She said that app is deserted apart from me and her nan. Yes, yeah. The only people I use a message for are you and people I know that are over 70. What I want to know, though, is why is it such an effort to open an app? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open the app, right? Here mm. I go. Just unlock the phone with my face, press the button. Oh, the app's open. It took less than two seconds. That's not, that's not the issue. What's the issue? I can't. I can't tell you because you'll get so angry. No, I want me. to know what the issue is. You'll get. You'll be so. You'll get so angry. I really want to know. I, I can't bear I to I even see. I won't. No, I'm, I'm going to be calm. Promise, okay, yeah. promise me yeah. you won't get angry. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Sometimes I would like to send you a photo, maybe a video, some kind of link. But I don't. Because why should I pay for it when I can do it for free on WhatsApp? You do it for free on the blue messages on iMessage. You've got an iPhone, I've got a message. It doesn't cost you anything. What, a photo? Now I get charged no, for those. You don't. No, you don't. Not if you're on your Wi-Fi at home. And if you're using WhatsApp, it's just the same as using iMessage. It's the same thing. You're getting charged for your data. 
So it's using. I'm it's sure using I've been charged. No, oh, is, it, is it when I'm using 3G then that I've been charged for it in the past? I don't know, but there is no reason. Mm, if you're sending okay. a, a photo to somebody on a, a, a Google or a Samsung phone, then it's charging mm. you. But if you're sending to, to me on an iPhone, it's costing you nothing. It either okay. It's either costing you nothing if it's on Wi-Fi or if it's part of your data, or it's costing mm. you something and it would do the same if it was on WhatsApp. Okay. And c- c- can you talk to me about the amounts of money involved? Even if it like was theoretically. No, pound. what? That's not real. <laughs> that's, I think, that's why I think it costs a pound to send a photo. That's not real. Really? Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, second reason. Yeah. I want to be in a WhatsApp group with you, Toya Wilcox, Steve Arnott. <laughs> I want to be in a WhatsApp. No, that one's not real. That's the, I think that's, why, is there any other, I think it's that and the fact that it, everyone else is one thing and you're different, but that doesn't bother me. To be honest, I don't really care. I didn't change. The world changed. Why can't you be angry at everybody else? I'm where I've always been the whole time I've had a mobile phone. I'm in your messages. It's everybody else who decided to up sticks. I want to see if you'd be the type of person who turns off that bit where you can see when they were last online and whether they've read your message or not. No, that's, I want to see if you're one of those. That is... That is a huge part of the reason I'm not on it because you don't want to decide whether to be the uh, the hidden person or the open person I want to see whether people have read my messages and I want to know when they were last active right and some people don't do it I don't want other people to see whether I've read their messages or when I was last active that, oh you don't that, get that choice that is, no. that is the main reason I'm not on WhatsApp mm. and this thing about the groups that right. I've said before, I don't like it. People being able to add me into a group that I don't want to be in, and I don't like then having to leave the group and it coming up saying Jeff has left the group. Like I think mm-hmm. I'm better than the group, even though I think mm. I am better than the group. <laughs> and, right, and I really hate that backdrop with the scribble, like the scribbly doodly notebook back backdrop. Right, right, okay. Well, you're you are you're putting a good argument for. And the name here. is awful. I'm struggling. Well, you, 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 the name's terrible. Yeah. The name's terrible. So I makes no sense. I haven't gone anywhere. What about Signal? Do you want to be on Signal with me? I'm on it. Yeah. You're not on Signal. I am. Yeah, and Slack. You're not. Yep. Yeah. On all those. You're not. Yeah, I am. Yeah. You're on Signal. I don't know. Actually, I might have just be making that up. Let me have a look. <laughs> I'm always. I, I, what percentage of apps would you say that you download that after downloading you never ever open them ever again? Ninety. Yeah, easily ninety. Uh, am I on Signal? TikTok, Tumblr. I'm on something called Marco Polo. I don't know what that is. Solar, Hang with. Oh my God, these are, these, are you making these up? Or are you doing a joke? Meow chat. You, this is stop Path. it. These aren't real. Yo, I don't know what any of these. I haven't heard are. of any of these. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I'm on Slack. I don't know if I am on Signal, but anyway. Okay. Okay. I would listen to a podcast where people just read out what apps are on their phone, but I, <laughs> that isn't what people have signed on for here. So, uh, no, so shall move we on. move on? Yeah. Yes. Let's hear from the drifters, Annabelle. Okay. The first one is from Kerry. 
The story on the episode about someone accidentally telling their boss that they hoped their meeting wouldn't be boring, but they were mainly there for the cakes, reminded me of an incident at work a few years ago. I'm a software developer at a well-known telecoms company. And although I'm not particularly senior in rabbit. terms of the it's career... Rabbit, it's rabbit, it's going to be rabbit. <laughs> Although I'm not particularly senior in terms of the career ladder, I've been doing the job long enough to have a reasonable idea what I'm doing and often get involved in various discussions and events as something approximating a technical expert. As with any large company, we tend to go through an endless succession of improvement programs, strategies, visions, missions and other buzzword heavy management decrees. At the time of the incident, we were in the middle of something called TSO 2020. It was probably three or four years ago, so ironically, 2020 still had an air of optimistic futurism about it. There was a big event where teams of graduates had put together ideas for new products and services, then present them for judging. To speed the process up, there were several pairs of judges to sit through the presentations, and I ended up being part of one of them, alongside a woman I didn't know. We were given some marking guidelines, one of which was something along the lines of, how well does this idea align with the four pillars of TSO 2020? As we read through them, I remarked that I might have trouble with that because I'd ignored all the briefings and didn't have much of a clue about what TSO 2020 actually was, much less chance of identifying any of its pillars. Because we were still waiting for the first team to arrive, and with my small talk repertoire being drifterishly small to non-existent, we quickly reached the so-what-do-you-do stage of the conversation. I muttered something about writing software, which tends to be a good way to cut any conversation short. And you, I asked. Oh, I'm in charge of rolling out the TSO 2020 program. Somehow I managed to deploy what I later learned to be the port protocol and it was never mentioned again. (laughs) Fortunately, as far as I know, our paths have not crossed since. Excuse me, that's great. Okay, Teresa next. I'm a Navy wife with my husband away regularly for long periods. This means, obviously, that it's always me dealing with stuff at home when it goes wrong. If my husband is home when things go wrong, which strangely never happens, he prevaricates and ums and ahs and promises to fix it, but doesn't always get round to it, but gets annoyed if I suggest someone getting someone in to do it. What a slight on his manliness. So I generally wait for him to go away and get someone in to do it properly and quickly. However, I hate the organising, waiting, explaining of what's gone wrong, etc. But more than that, I have to really steal myself for the cups of tea and the small talk I have to endure whilst waiting for the job to be done. I have to fake interest in their children, their social lives, etc. But also nod knowingly when the electrician, for example, explains why he can't fix the problem because of the positioning of the junction box and the weird old house wiring. And, and, well, I always zone out. A few years ago, just after we moved into our current house, we had a problem with damp in the living room. My husband very efficiently organised the damp man, as he is now currently known, to come round to assess the problem. Great, I thought he can deal with it. But was not to be. The only time damp man had come was after my husband had been deployed. Never mind, it really needs sorting, I thought. I have to explain now that I am a terrible Navy wife. I hate small talk. I hate name droppers. I am unable to retain any information about who does what, who's been where, which class of ship goes here, what class of submarine goes there. Summer balls have me anxious in advance for weeks of thought of having to pretend that I know what and who everyone is talking about. I don't. It's often like being in a foreign language film without subtitles. 
All I really know is that my husband is away a lot and having a nice time on his cruise ship sometimes. So Damp Man came round and was horribly enthusiastic and very, very posh. I offered him a cup of tea and he marvelled at the view from my windows, which takes in the River Tamar, a spectacular Cornish landscape and part of the Plymouth Navy dockyard. Off he went into a long conversation, very one-sided, about my husband's job, the different ships he could see docked, and he asked me loads and loads of detailed questions that I couldn't answer about the ship's operations that I wouldn't be allowed to answer, even if I understood the question, and then started a 15-minute chat monologue about his son, who does something with boats, not the same or even related to the Navy, just a watery vessel connection. He looked at the damp and then asked for another cup of tea. As he was drinking his tea, he asked me about our children, my work, and was kindly enthusiastic about everything. I started to warm to him. Time finally came for him to leave, and on his way out, he said some very nice things about our home, our children, and was sympathetic to me being on my own a lot. By this time, my head was spinning with all the chat, the length of time he'd been in my house, the numerous cups of tea, and the sympathy shown to me being on my own a lot with the children for months on end. The door opened. He turned, stuck out his arm and moved towards me. I moved towards him, gave him a hug and a peck on each cheek. (laughs) I'd been befuddled by the damp man. I'd forgotten who he was. He'd morphed into a long-standing friend. We both coughed and he hurried out the door. Next time he came round, I made sure I was out and my husband was there to deal with it. The damp is still there. Fantastic. Uh, I enjoyed both of those and uh, enjoy it. If you sent us your story of failed social interaction that still makes you cringe to this day, uh, please email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Let's have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. So I've mentioned before that at preschool pick up and drop off nobody speaks to me but tom he's always coming back with stories about all the parents that he's been chatting to so i decided that i'm going to try and be more like tom and now i'm flirting with all the mums i'm only joking (laughs) i think i don't know maybe he does probably does he's just very charismatic and very handsome so i think even him being there being very neutral feels exciting and flirtatious to those other moms. <laughs> to have somebody who looks like that with that much charisma just speaking to you. It's the opposite of what people are experiencing when they speak to me at the oh. school gates. <laughs> I'm determined to be more like him, even if I can't be as handsome and charismatic. Yeah. And there was an incident last week that was, it was like it had been placed there to test my new mindset. So we'd left the preschool at the end of the day, walking up the road, and two boys from my son's preschool were ahead. And then they turned off and ran down an alleyway I'd never noticed before because he goes to a school just outside my actual area. And Rudy wanted to run with them. And my first thought was, no, this will lead to an awkward interaction with the other parents. And then I hear the words, be more like Tom. And I follow them. And at the end of the alleyway, there is these amazing community gardens. They're so nice. At the entrance, there's a locked gate. There's a padlock in it with a code. But the dad, one of the dads, is unlocking it. And I can see Rudy really wants to go in too. 
So I ask if we can go in two and the dad says, yep, you have to be a member, but I'm sure it's fine if you come in just this once. So we go in, it's amazing. One half is gardens where they're growing flowers and vegetables and there's a little library and places to sit. And you go down some steps and there's a whole other area dedicated to children. There are more ride-on toys than I've ever seen together in one place. It's like a ride-on rave. It's incredible. So Rudy loves it. And I kind of love it, but I cannot relax and enjoy myself, even for one second, because the dad had locked the gate behind us. So we are now trapped. And I would say that 90% of my thoughts start with, but what if? So I'm thinking, (laughs) but what if they leave before me? And then Rudy refuses, so they have to wait while I chase after him. And then I try and bribe him. And then eventually I have to physically drag him out. But what if I want to leave before them and I have to ask them to let me out? (laughs) But what if they forget about me and leave me and I'm locked in all night? Yeah. I've also got my dog with me and there's a clear sign on the gate saying no dogs, but they said it was fine. But I couldn't relax. Like every time someone Mm. new comes in, I know that I look like a terrible rule breaker rebel. (laughs) It doesn't help that within five minutes, Rudy has pulled off the handle of a playhouse and the handle has come off in his hands and underneath is a series of now exposed rusty spikes and I'm trying to put it back on but completely failing so basically within five minutes of being there illicitly with an illicit dog I've introduced a child death trap (laughs) and I try out politeness to make conversation with the other parents from the preschool but you know when your timing is really off and you finally pluck up the courage to say something and it's the exact moment they speak to someone else and it's just the (laughs) the worst it really is horrific and it, oh. that's how, how all my oh. any, any time I try and integrate myself into oh. a group that's how it goes I feel ill thinking about it it doesn't help that the extent of my small talk is so, so how old is your son and then when I do eventually get this question out she's obviously deciding when answering whether to say three or nearly four and there's such a long pause I say for a joke was he definitely yours? Like, I basically <laughs> accused her of kidnapping. And she kind of laughs, but not really. Ugh. And I'm feeling more and more trapped. And then I hear one of the parents say that they're going to go and ask the dad for the gate code to leave. And I can't help but listen in, not because I'm trying to steal the code, but because I want to leave too. But the dad definitely notices I'm listening in and he lowers his voice. It's really, it's really <laughs> so terrible. As it is. We all leave at the same time. I managed to get Rudy leave when they all leave and it's fine. But what if they report me to the community garden authorities for attempted gate code theft? (laughs) What I really need, what I really, really need is to be less like Tom. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, my memory isn't very good. Mm. When you had your book out, or when it was coming out, did you ask me to blurb it? 
No, I asked uh, Sarah to do it for me. <laughs> uh, thanks. Why do you ask? Well, I just couldn't remember. So Ed has a book coming out. Mm. This is Ed Miliband, who I do the other podcast with. And um, I've been quite aggressively offering to blurb his book for him. And blurb is the bit on the back, right? The endorsements, you know, so it'll have, uh, I couldn't put this book down, Roger Taylor from Queen, or that that type of thing. Oh, okay. I think a blurb is the bit on the back where, like the summary. Okay. No, I mean the endorsements, you know. So usually you see a book and it'll have the name of some famous person who's read it. Mm, uh, it's always Richard Osman thought. at the moment. Like every yeah, book I yeah, read has yeah, got Richard yeah, Osman on yeah. it. I mean, basically... It's, I don't know, I, I, I guess that most people realise it's just who the author has in their Rolodex. Right, okay, so no, I, I, I didn't ask Sarah that. I asked um, two of your other friends to do it for me. Right, <laughs> of my more famous friends. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, and it, it, it's, it's always that. Like, I think before I knew people who moved in this world, I had it in my head that maybe publishers sent out um sent out copies of the books to notable people around the world and waited for the quotes to come back in again but yeah. what i've learned through knowing people who who've written books is it's always just the publishers saying do you know any famous people do you know anyone who knows anyone do you think they might say a nice thing about it and i've i've also been in a tie and a tiny number of occasions on the other end of it where people have asked it of me and you just think, oh, God, is that something else I've got to It feels like homework. I've never heard it where someone has asked to do it. So you're asking Ed if you could do one for his book. Well, I've preemptively sent him some on an email. <laughs> right. How many? You've given some options of you. I've written 10, but I don't need ten. to read you. Shall, shall I read you some and see what you think? Yeah. Here's the first one. If I pretend I've read it, will you put a quote from me inside? <laughs> right, right. Jeff right. Lloyd, podcast co-host. <laughs> yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah. You can always use a quote from me if you don't hear back from Barack Obama uh. or Ed Balls. <laughs> Another one? Yeah. I'll drop the lawsuit if you use a quote from me. <laughs> right. Um, here's another one. Honestly, nobody reads those quotes. You could just use one from me for what good it would do. Uh, hi, Ed. Thanks for contacting me. Read a blurb for your book. Is there a fee involved? <laughs> would you use a quote from me if I legally changed my name to Greta Thunberg? <laughs> um, here's another one. Sadly, I can't reply personally to everyone, but I appreciate you taking the time to get in touch. <laughs> Great choice of font. Um, last one, last one. I'm saddened to learn you won't be using the illustrations I provided, which I believe would have added some much-needed eroticism to your book. <laughs> now, you've sent those to him, have you? Have just, you heard back? Just on spec. Not, not yet, no. But not yet? Okay. You've got to try. Good luck. Um, okay, time for this week's... What mug is this? What mug is that? What mug you gonna find at Mug Chat? Mug Chat, something terrible happened in our house this week. No, what? Sarah broke what I have described as my favourite mug. 
No, that's mm. awful. How are you feeling? Awful. Well, it's not my long-standing favourite mug, which is a um, one of my Moomin's mugs with the Hattifatanas on it. It's a mug we've had since Christmas, which they had made at Jean's school, and it's got his handprint oh. on it. So it's my favourite one for that sentimental reason. But aesthetically, it's it's not my favourite. But... She didn't even mention it. I just saw it in the bin. But she wasn't just trying to hide it from me. It's that casual thing for her to break a mug that she doesn't understand that it's this major traumatic occasion that you need to go through mm. the entire grieving process for. Mm, mm, mm. She just doesn't... sees these. She just sees these things as mugs. Wow, that's so weird. As objects to be used. Mm. Does she have a favourite? I don't believe so, no. I don't think have, it, have you mentioned mug chat to her and, and she's sort of gone, what? What do you mean mug chat? I haven't. I thought I'll wait because she does very, very, very occasionally listen to the podcast. And I thought, I wonder how... Because I think if she hears it, she'll mention it to me. I like that mug right. chat thing or I don't like that mug chat thing. So right. I'm using it in a way as some kind of quick dipstick measure to see whether, how long it takes for her to listen to the podcast. Right, okay, and we've been okay. doing this for, what, a couple of months at this point, maybe longer. Yeah, I would say, yeah. 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 So yeah, it's at least that long since she's listened to an episode. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Do you want something? Yeah. Okay, first one's from T. Just the letter T. It's not for, I haven't got like a letter from T. <laughs> Next one's from coffee. I came home from work today to find my favourite morning coffee mug in a precarious situation. I would have to describe this mug as the best of a bad bunch. I don't often buy mugs. I had a great one that I bought in Cornwall over 15 years ago and still mourn its eventual demise. There are a lot of breakages in our house. So my morning coffee mug is a good size, thick but not too thick and a good straight shape and just plain white square bottomed so no unnecessary slopping it affects me when it's not available it goes in the dishwasher every day unlike my workshop mug which is a similar shape but with stripes (laughs) and this one never gets washed as there is no easy washing facilities at the workshop and always has the same drink in it for the same person coffee no milk i was gonna say shameful but not ashamed it's just the way it is (laughs) oh yeah So I get home from work today and as the only one in the house who even cares about specific mugs, I find my mug in the sideboard with a saucer balanced on top. I have to stress it's not the first time, so I know what's happened. My son is thawing out a frozen mouse for his pet snake in my mug. What? It's still there. I can see it now. The others think it's funny. No remorse. I'm trying to work out... How many washes till I can be reunited with it? I don't even know an appropriate response. This is terrible. It's weird because even though you could you could put that mug through the dishwasher, you would know intellectually there is no way that a germ would remain in it at the mm. same time. It takes, I don't know how long it would take if, if, I don't even know if it's possible to wash that association out of that mug now. It's not the frozen mouse. It's the thawed mouse, isn't it? When it, when it thaws out and goes limp in the mug. That's what I can't handle. I don't know that I could handle a mouse. I'm a mouse guy. Mm, You are. We have mice at the moment and it's a source of some 
friction in our marriage because Sarah wants to get people around to exterminate them and I want to do what I can whatever I can to prevent that from happening even though in my heart of hearts I know that humane pest control is is you you're fighting a losing battle to some extent in an old house full of holes like this one in a city but even though I know that I've just spent a lot of money on things to plug in around the house that emit a high pit fre- high pitch frequency that apparently scare mice off. Right. We'll see if that works. Yeah, and it won't. But <laughs> hope, hopefully, then the warm weather will mean the mice end up outside, and she'll forget all about it next until next year, and we can just kick it into the long grass. But mm-hmm. but I, I think I would struggle with thinking about a, a dead mouse in my teacup. Mm, mm, difficult. Mm. what was that weird noise was that your tummy no it was rusty oh uh evan i would like to divide my mug chat contribution into three parts part one how i know i made the right choice in husband part two why i have doubted this choice part three how i know we have different standards of mug cleanliness Part one, he loves tea as much as I do, and this is important. More importantly, he fully appreciates that the time of day and type of tea determines choice of mug and, by extension, enjoyment of tea. The words, it's just a mug, are never uttered in our home. <laughs> Part two, this is I why... I want to live with them. <laughs> this is why that Evan has doubted this choice. Part two... He puts the mugs back in the cupboard willy-nilly, not appreciating that they have a seating plan. It (laughs) aggravates me to see mugs separated from their mug friends. Part three, see photo attached. Now, I should get the photograph so I can properly describe it, shouldn't I? Yes. It's basically, I'll just, uh, just, while I'm looking for it, I'll describe what I actually remember. It's basically, I should have got this before. <laughs> okay, can't find it. Okay, I'll do it do from it memory. memory. I'll do it from memory. They have a mug each. Hmm. One of them is washed regularly, I'm guessing daily. The other one, I'm not sure it's ever been washed. And I mean ever been washed. Uh. One is white. One is now entirely black. Entirely black? Inside, through filth. As black as the Ace of Spades, though black pitch black yeah through wow. through gunk wow yeah i need to find this photo i'll find it and put it on the uh, the facebook page so you know when you um when you get a mug mm. that looks a bit old yeah could by, by which i mean when you look inside of it and it's been through the, say the dishwasher for example so you know it's clean but yeah. also you're looking at it and you're thinking it's not been well maintained because I've got mugs which I've had for years mm. that have been very frequently and very thoroughly washed and they look pretty much like they did the day I bought them. So there is a level of mug cleaning that I think is quite common that mm. is clean enough, but it's not really doing the job. Yes, Could yeah. you ever restore one of those mugs to its original state if you put in enough elbow grease or is the, do, do they go past a point of no return? Oh, I'm sure you could. So I found the email now and I first of all, we need to apologize. It's not Evan. It's a van. So sorry, a van. I'm looking at these mugs now. One says Mrs. And it's it's got the it's clean, but it's got that tea stain thing going on that 
you can't that it mm. takes a bit of elbow grease to get rid of the other one yeah i mean it's just it's just dark colored it's just were you exaggerating when you said it was as black as the ace of spades no no so do you look like you're peering into the void into a yes. black hole yes 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 wow I, do. I really do what are your thoughts I don't know because uh, remember when Punkins sent that photo in of the, of the dirty park, and um, I felt well, like we never heard back, and I felt like I don't know whether I hurt his feelings or not. That was an occasion when you didn't mince your words. I didn't mince my words, did I? It's just for me, it's it's a stark contrast between the Mrs. and Mister here. It's really showing up. It's when it's filthy. It's totally filthy. But does it? Be, but at the same time, it doesn't look dirty. <laughs> well, I know what you mean because I do think about when I've worked in places with shared kitchens. Oh, I there are that. those mugs, and you're happy to drink out of them. You'd rather not. But no, if it's no. a mug of last resort, no, no. I'm saying it doesn't look dirty. Not in a million years. Like even if it, like the last drop of water in the world was sat in it, I wouldn't drink it. Like it doesn't. It doesn't look dirty. Let me give you a hypothetical. Mm, go on. There are two mugs at your disposal. You're yeah. very, very thirsty. Yeah. There's this mug. Yeah. And then that there's that other one and there's a defrosted dead mouse in it. <laughs> You're not allowed to wash it. You're just allowed to throw the... Do you either throw the mouse away and drink out or, or even drink out of water with a dead mouse in it or do you drink out of this black hole mug? Would I be allowed to give the, the mouse one a quick rinse first? No, no. <laughs> No, that's what I, this is what I'm trying oh, to glean. Okay, I'll drink the abyss mug. I'll drink from so the So you'd abyss rather one. drink from the abyss than drink? Yeah. Drink, okay, okay. Because yeah. I, I can tell it's clean, but it's not clean. It's just extremely stained. Yeah. Mm, okay. I'd love to hear from anybody who's brought a, a mug back from the, from the brink. I think vinegar and uh, bicarbonate of soda could do the trick. Is that from one of your magazines? <laughs> I'm saying it because uh, I burnt a pan this week and I Googled how to do it and it worked. Anyway, it's very dull. Let's move on. Do you want one more? Yeah. Okay, great. This is from Imperial Mistress Rebecca. A certain family member isn't particularly nice. He's a bit macho and always berates anything I like. When he comes round, I make sure he has the Little Miss Spice Girls mug as I know it will rile him to drink out of it. Never fails to get a reaction. That's great. Mug spite. Yes, yes. I don't think I've ever gone... I've definitely, with these Moomin mugs, I definitely, back in the day when like people had come round, when there'd be work things here, seems such a long time ago with lockdown, I would definitely ascribe different Moomin characters to people <gasps> according to their personalities. Really? Or think about, yeah, I'd like this person to have that mug. But... Um, I've I've ne- I don't think I've ever um done mug spite, but I'm not I'm not not saying I'm above it. I really like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. I'm considering getting an awful mug just so that I can have it ready for somebody <laughs> I dislike. Yes. Also, we had a builder come over to do some work for us. I quickly saw he wasn't particularly good at his job, and I bore this in mind when I made him tea. I gave him the old tiger print mug. He drank some, then put it on the floor whilst he carried on with his work. He then stood up, walked backwards and trod on the mug, breaking it. I felt justified in giving him the old mug. We had another builder over recently to do some work. He was fantastic, so he got lovely flowers mug. That's interesting. Do you have a mug B team? 
for people prone to breakages. Yeah. And also, I'd like to know from people who go into other people's house to do a work a lot and whether they get the vibe that they're getting, what, what tear mug they're getting. Whether oh, you're being fobbed off with a substandard mug. Yeah, yeah. Whether you, you've done a good job so you get a better one. I'd love to know anything about that. Well, oh, she, go she on. does add, and this is going to be extremely controversial. By the way, I am the type of scummy person who drinks water in a mug. Please don't think too harshly of me. The main reason for this is that I just love mugs. Drinking from anything else feels so wrong for me. I even drink beer from a mug. <laughs> that really reframes the whole drinking water from a mug. Mm-hmm. It's because she loves mugs. Because it feels like an aberration. You think this isn't the right vessel for this 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 beverage. And yet, if you're doing it from a place of adoration, there's something that feels just feels instantly attractive about it. Changes things a bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I love seeing? Mm-hmm. Somebody drinking from a mug clasped between two hands. Can you ever see anybody do that and not feel it soothed you in mm. some way? There is something lovely about that, isn't there? Yeah. And and if I do it myself, I feel I feel different. I feel yeah. more secure, safe. Yes. Yeah, it's nice. Lovely. So, so why do we only do that sparingly then? I'm going to start doing it all the time. The sails are up when we sing this verse. The stove is lit to break our thirst. Be your ship, yacht, sailor, chum. It's time to talk of all things mug. Mug chat. Please send us your contribution to mug chat. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. All right, Annabelle, Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Well, I hope that nobody's bored of mugs because mugs have now crept into Quandary Corner. I, I'm fine. I, I would be happy for them to uh, to, to take over the whole podcast, <laughs> especially yeah, my bits. <laughs> I feel like I let the side down and, and mugs really do a lot of the heavy lifting <laughs> at the moment. Jack says... As I have a few disabilities, one of which is called ataxia, my coordination can go completely without warning. Plus, I've never really been a fan of hot drinks. I tend not to utilise the kettle. Basically, it could go horribly wrong and will definitely involve me tipping boiling water over me and it will take all my skin off. Definitely. But despite this, one of my closest friends of the past 15 of my 32 years, so almost half my life, does tend to buy me mug-based gifts when he can for birthdays or Christmas. I write a lot during the accursed pandemic and I use mugs to store pens and my keys. I have Aston Martin Valhalla keyring, so if I pass out with keys in my hands, the ambulance crew will see it, think I own an Aston and must be freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, my friend is very dear to me and I don't want to hurt his feelings. So what do I do? The mugs are great and useful. One's even got the logo of the podcast I work on. But if I keep buying boxes of pens, the people at Tesco might think I'm up to something untoward. (laughs) (laughs) So what should he do? Does he tell his friend that I I don't actually use mugs? Maybe he could start reframing the way he sees mugs and start drinking water out of mugs like Imperial Mistress Rebecca. But it's, it comes from a, a true place of love with her. If you mm. don't have mug love, you can't force it. Yeah, that's true. You that's can't true. make mug hub love happen. <laughs> no, you can't. No. You don't want to force yourself into a, a love relationship with mugs that turns out to be hollow and then at the end of your life you just feel really bitter. 
mm. about it. That's true. That's that's true. What can he do then? How can he say is it enough is enough? Yeah, I've had an, I've got enough mugs now. Thanks, mate. I suppose you could say you could make a joke the next time you get one, saying, "Well, I think I've got. I don't think there's room in the cupboard for any more." Brilliant. Or, oh no, I know. You could say it a bit more politely. You could say, "This is brilliant because I've got one mug shaped hole left in my cupboard, and this will fill it nicely." And now it's totally full. Oh, that's quite good. So one last mug before retirement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, I definitely don't need any more now. Brilliant. Mm. You could start passive-aggressively re-gifting mugs that he's bought for you. Back to him? Yes. Oh, that's not so nice. No, 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 no. No, no that was bad Well, you idea. could just... Uh, you, you don't have to use them for pens. You could put uh, plants in them. Any other ideas? Cutlery? Yeah, but you don't want your house mm. to... Look, I mean, some, some people would, maybe, Rebecca, but you, generally <laughs> people don't want the house to be mug-themed. You have a mug cupboard or a mug tree. <laughs> I'd love to go to a mug-themed house. So would I, themed. but it ha- again, it has to come from a place of authenticity, doesn't mug it? Mug duvet, mug-shaped clock. Oh, imagine a yeah. mug-themed house. It, it, would be wonderful. it would be wonderful, but oh. it has to be who you are. Yes, of course, of course. I think I think the my suggestion might be the best so far. What about having a mug printed with Stop Buying Me Mugs? <laughs> and give it to him for Christmas. Enough with the mugs. <laughs> I just hate mugs. Oh, no, um, no, go with my first idea. Okay, what's the next one? Okay, also mug related from Rachel. And actually this, this um, ties in with what we were saying before about people coming into your house to do work. Okay. I've got five matching mugs that all have cartoon type drawings of various birds on them. They are the perfect size and I love them. However, one of them has a couple of chips and one of them has a bit of a loose handle. So these are clearly tier two. Of the remaining three, one has a puffin on it, one has a cockerel and one has an owl. The puffin is my favourite as I grew up near Puffin Island. I've been going through a spate recently of having people round to fix various things in my flat. I'm always worried. If I give them the cockerel, they think I'm calling them a cock. Or if I'm giving them the owl, they think I'm calling them old. (laughs) Should I, A, be giving them my favourite, B, be giving them a tier two mug, or C, assume that the majority of people won't read a meaning into the choice of mug. Let's address the last bit first. Mm. If you're in someone's house and they give you a mug, does it cross your mind that there's any hidden meaning behind what mug they've given you? I am a highly neurotic person and I feel like my antennae are super tuned to perceiving slights. Right. And I don't think that I have ever... Really trying to think about it. Certainly, so I think it's possible that with people I know that I have some kind of closer relationship with, I might have been fobbed off with, uh, or might have been on the receiving end of some mug spite. But I don't think that in any type of casual visit to somebody's house, I don't think I've ever been on the receiving end of any mug-based aggression. So I think if I'm not registering it, then nobody is. Because I am constantly on the lookout 
for ways in which somebody is is insulting me or rejecting me. So I think we can assume from that, that the majority of people aren't reading too much into it. No. And I think you can probably, I think tears and mugs are very personal to you. And I don't think a work person would necessarily know that what was a tier one mug to you or a tier two, they're not going to know oh. that you're giving them a second rate unless it's clearly very, very. I could see myself thinking about it if I was in a group of people and everybody had got a nice mug and then I got one that felt like it had come free with an Easter egg or something like that. What if everybody got a mug that said on it something like that had like something like flowers or beautiful people or just something like that and your one says something like grumpy old man or something? Would you take that personally? I might, but I, I do think that e- even I wouldn't be, you know, I'm constantly looking around trying to figure out how I'm being excluded from a group. Mm-mm. But I, I think even I, um, not noticing what somebody's trying to tell me via the medium of mug. <laughs> So now I'm going I'm to be giving you all sorts of messages through my mug choice now. Well, now you that you said them. that, I will be. <laughs> and actually, now that we've read this email, it will, I will become perhaps more attuned to it. This, this is what I'm worried now. I, I, with you, I, I have never ever read anything into mugs someone's given me. But from now onwards, I will be trying to read something into it that isn't probably isn't there. That's so funny because I think I, I always try and give you a nice mug. I think all your mugs are nice. They, well, they, they are. They are. There's, there's a couple right at the back of the cupboard, which aren't so nice. As I said before, there's a practical mm. joke mug back there. But I, th- I think I will sometimes try and match your mug to your mood or the season. Wow, that's. I've never. Yeah, that's yeah. very. That's very uh, nice. I'm not yeah, doing that. I'm, I'm delightful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we can agree that Rachel's possibly overthinking it, and she doesn't need to. Unless and, and she shouldn't be giving them her favourite because what if they break it? Don't oh, ever yeah, give yeah, them your favourite. Yeah, no, That's no. a big no. Keep that back for yourself. Although, okay. just hope that they don't listen to the podcast because now I think there are going to be people um, out there just mm. looking out for being insulted via mug. Thinks I'm old. Giving me an owl. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um. So are they the quandaries this week? Yeah. yeah. Really enjoyed them. I am surprised that we we. We are now you know, mug-based in two sections of the podcast. I don't say this is any form of criticism. Basically, we're just here to respond to what we receive. Yeah, exactly. In the email inbox. And if that is what people are, are putting in, that's what we will then put out. But, but if you uh, have a non-mug-related quandary, feel free yeah. to send it in. Yeah. If you have a mug-related one, though, I have to say I was more engaged in that than I have been in a, in a few of them. So. <laughs> And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, quandaries, mug based or otherwise, mug chat. That has to be um, mug related. I quite like some more mug spite as well. The messages you are conveying with mugs when you choose to hold with both hands. Mm. This kind of stuff. 
Uh, and of course, your uh, social interactions gone awry. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to uh, Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Carla Gowlett took our photos. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. And I'll finish this week by saying that um, I'd been befuddled by the damp man. Podication time. How are you bearing up? Where are you up to with your painkillers? Uh, I'm all right. I can. Okay. I can. You've got definitely another ten, fifteen minutes out of me. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into the podication then. This comes from Lord Earl Stephen P-, P, who says, "Dear Annabelle and Jeff, I've got a lot to blurt out in this email. Apologies. Please bear with me. Unfortunately, it's because I'd like to request a podication, but this might take a while to get to." First of all, bit of background, I've been listening to you since near the beginning of this version of the podcast. I've never really been one for music radio, so sadly wasn't at all aware of the show before. My memory is that I started listening to the other podcast first as part of my journey from naive youngster who thought he was a Tory to older, wiser and woker me who is very much now a social democrat bordering on total lefty and then found this one. But as I look back at when they first uh, started, I suspect my reg- recollection is a bit foggy. I think this one started just slightly before Reasons to be Cheerful, but there are more episodes of Reasons to be Cheerful because uh, you and I sometimes take weeks off here and there, Annabelle, and we don't with the other one. Mm. Um, so let's, uh, let's crack on with this. So it's, um, Stephen says, I've struggled on and off with depression and crippling anxiety for as many years as I can remember. I turned 40 at the tail end of 2020, so we're counting in decades rather than years. Yeah, that's um, that's a funny thing, isn't it, when you start thinking of it like that? I'm going to uh, maybe save that for later. I could possibly <laughs> end up down a bit of a hole if I start thinking of it like that. <laughs> Um, I can sometimes think about it in terms of the pie chart of my life, Annabelle, and how much time I felt spent worrying about this or feeling sad because of that. But you can't think like that, can you? No. Can't go around thinking you've wasted your life. No, don't, no, don't like waste that. your time thinking like yeah. that. No, you're in, you're in the minute and every minute is waiting to be written. Don't think about the ones that are already... Uh, yeah, you've got to turn back the pages for. I'm right, sorry, this is. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. This wasn't good. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what the problem is. I'm going to be really honest here. Mm. I'm quite tired. I was up mm. early this morning, right? And I can see that this is a great email that Stephen sent, mm. and I feel like I really want to do it justice, but I've got very little to contribute, and the 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 clash between those things is what is leading to these inane asides coming out of my mouth. Okay. okay. Thank you for explaining yourself. The overfeeling, uh, overwhelming feeling I got, we're back to, uh, back to um, uh, Stephen now. The overwhelming feeling I got when I started listening was that I finally found my people. In my head, that phrase must always be said in a Hannah Gadsby voice. Now, that's interesting because I did go and see that show 
um, before it was on Netflix or anything, when it was on at the Soho Theatre, but I can't remember her voice and I'm really terrible at impersonations. So I'll, I'll just leave it to you listening to this and Stephen especially to translate that into a Hannah Gadsby, a Gadsby voice. Realising that I was not the only one with a chronic aversion to small talk was revelatory. Finding tales of other people's social awkwardness and tendencies to blurt first, ask never-ending questions of yourself later, gave me comfort that I wasn't the isolated minority of one that I previously feared. Yes, there are a few of us. Um, I've always found it strange that despite this, I've managed to have a reasonably successful career. I've been married twice, oops, and managed to muster... Well, I don't know. I mean, if if anything, uh, um, I think that speaks well of your ability to um, to to move through, pa- to pass in the world, mm. Stephen. Uh, I managed to muster enough responsibility to share the raising of my delightful nine-year-old son. I guess, guess that explains the chronic tiredness all of that time. Masking is hard work. Well, there we go. There is the masking. Um, I'd never put a label on my oddness before listening to the podcast. Well, not a polite one anyway. So I settled into life as a drifter, happy with my newfound label. Until one day during a quiet backshift at work, one of my colleagues and I were chatting about the way my brain works. I think that I'd said something odd, but then followed it up with a five-minute oratory on why my brain made the leap of logic from point X to point Y. My colleague said that she recognised a lot of what I was saying as being being familiar to her from discussions with and observations of her autistic son and asked had anyone ever spoken to me about the possibility that I might have what used to be called Asperger's syndrome and now comes under the general autism umbrella. I didn't know that, actually. I didn't know that had been reclassified. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I also really, whenever I say that word, I can never remember if it's a soft or a hard G. Uh, yeah, I know. I think, yeah, I think you got it right. Yeah. Um, I was quiet for a moment. I think she was worried she'd offended me. I wasn't offended, though. I was curious. So, predictably, in hindsight, I took a deep dive into researching the subject. I took every questionnaire I could find online and I poured over the diagnostic criteria and much like when I first heard your podcast I had another finally my people that was me doing a generic Australian accent in case you couldn't tell there Annabelle Um, my people moment so now I am on the diagnostic pathway awaiting formal assessment but my doctor my therapist and I all agree it's fairly a fairly safe bet that I have either ASD or or failing that, ADHD with strong autistic traits. Rather than this being a devastating revelation, it's actually been a positive for me. Uh, Being able to tentatively put a label on the fact that I felt like the odd one out all my life means I can rationalise it. I can look back and retrospectively examine situations with a new lens, free from the self-loathing and condemnation of before, even without a formal diagnosis. Boo to COVID for holding things up. I feel like a weight is lifted. So I was wondering if any or many other drifters are in a similar boat. I strongly suspect the Venn diagram of drifters and folk on the spectrum uh, would have to be a great big neurodiverse overlap in the middle. This is incredibly interesting, I think, Stephen. I think like we're not even in the footholes of neurodiversity. 
I'm working sort of in a bit of my spare time on a project to do with neurodiversity and I find it so interesting and I find that the way differences have been classified in the past is just so primitive. I think now it's better, um, but I think it's a conversation most people aren't having. I think it could really change the 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 way that we interact with each other, the way that we we think of each other, the way that workplaces think of each other. I think it's really exciting, and we're going to see a lot of development on this in the the coming decades. And I think that um, in a hundred years' time, in the much the same ways we look at ways certain things were thought of or treated a hundred years ago, it's it's going to be seen as really brutal how we've thought of this stuff up to now. Um, so yeah, I think so. Um so not not ASD and without making it about me. I had something uh at the back end of last year where I was able to and and, and I, you know I, I do love kind of to uh, to pathologize myself, but I I had a diagnosis on something which has as you say helped me reframe a lot of stuff in my life and uh sorry for being earnest here, but it's helped me it's helped release me from some shame about you know some stuff to do with my past and my behavior and my lack of ability in some things so i think it's extremely exciting and i wonder if just hearing this might unlock some things for some other drifters as well but what a what a great what a great conversation to be having and how exciting that people are thinking about this more and more do you want to do any self-diagnosis while we're at it annabelle well, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll do it in private later. <laughs> okay. Um, so Stephen says, my publication request, therefore, is to all of the other neurodiverse drifters who have found their people through this podcast and to you both for being our guides along the meandering and intersecting paths of our innermost thoughts. Was that rough, Rusty Woofy? Yeah, he's having a bad dream. Oh, I thought he'd Rusty, had enough. it's just a dream. Sorry. It's all right. I thought he was... Um, not very progressive when it came to neurodiversity. Oh, we thought he was. Oh, I see. I thought he was no. harumphing. I thought he was no, pooing. No, he's a Good. polite dog. He's a, he's he's asleep. It's not just politeness. It's about sort of open mindedness, understanding of the mm. people. How we're mm. wired, Rusty. Tell him that. He's asleep. Repeat it, word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, noting now what you've said about undated. Uh, podications mm. could i ask uh, for this sometime during april which is world autism awareness month i didn't know that now he says two final thoughts firstly thank you for the unexpected delight of mug chat probably no great surprise given all of the above but i too have massive sensory issues if given the wrong mug i have mugs in my house which are over 20 years old but have been rarely used for this reason but sentimental reasons prohibit me from ever getting shut of them i recently dug out from the back of my cupboard a lovely tall mug which I bought 20 years ago for use in an office I was working in at the time it came home and never fitted into the home mug cast that's right I mean it's just like band members uh, as Stephen says cast members it can be a great mug but just it's not got the right chemistry with other mugs um, I'm not one to oh no I noticed that a lot of emails says specific in it at the moment here's my word yes. that I can't say uh Anthropo- <laughs> anthropomorphize things. 
but I almost felt a little sorry for it. Pleased to report that it brought waves of nostalgia and I'm now promoting it to the main cast. This is great. This is like occasionally when somebody who's been an extra in EastEnders Forever gets a speaking part. My second thought is another nostalgia one. While fact-checking the reference about when I started listening, I ran back to the start of your shows and listened to the old pilot episode. I forgot how much I loved the Vince Lynch, Simon Wilcox idents. Did I miss the episode when they were retired? No, it's much more boring than that. They were on a hard drive that died. And I think they can be retrieved, but the amount of effort that it will take to retrieve them is slightly beyond my ken. But every time, every now and again, somebody will mention them in an email and I think I must do that. So I will, at some point, try and figure that out. There's, there's, there's a bunch of complications that I need to work around, but I can do it. I can do it. Uh, I know I said two, but here's a third, triggered by listening to the pilot again. I, too, must have missed the day at school when they teach you how to tie your laces. Various people have tried to teach me the correct way over the years, yet I'm stuck on the... You just tie in a messy knot version rather than persevering with that bloody rabbit going around the tree, etc. <laughs> uh, that's finally all from me for now. I clearly don't do concise, but now at least I know why. Much love to you both, Stephen. Well, Stephen, I loved that email so much. It was so interesting. I'm, I'm always fascinated when people find us, um, you know, not through the old radio show, and especially when people find us through Reasons to be Cheerful because they're quite different podcasts in this way. Um, and I feel like I, I show all my underbelly in this podcast in in a way that I perhaps shouldn't. Uh, whereas in that one, I'm kind of just just showing the good bits or just showing the more pres- uh, presentable bits. So it's interesting when people come this way around. So th- thank you. But I'm so pleased for you. I'm so pleased that we we've played a part in you understanding how your brain is wired and and what that's been able to do do for you in terms of how you feel about yourself that's just wonderful so there we go uh the latest edition of the podcast during um april it was for the month of april wasn't it and mm-hmm. it's world autism awareness month and that's from Stephen. and if you'd like a podication email us hello at adriftpodcast.com 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.